Welcome to the fifth episode of the season of Gears and Beers. Gears and Beers, the show where freedom-loving, gun-toting capitalist pigs talk about gear we love, gear we hate, gun industry news, and whatever else trips our trigger along the way. On the topic list tonight, a partial injunction against the ATF, UPS is dropping more 2A accounts, credit card companies are tracking gun store purchases, and in the gear segment, the Springfield Prodigy, Ruger LC Carbine, and the PSA Jackal. With me tonight here, we have Mr. Sam Shire, the owner of Shireworks, Iowa's preferred Cerakote applicator, and I am your host, Box. This show is brought to you by Shyworks. Samuel, what's going on over at Shyworks? Just Cerakote and all sorts of shit. So if you're unfamiliar with us and what we do over here, we're Iowa's customer preferred Cerakote applicator. So we take your, your firearms or whatever else you want us to Cerakote, uh, talk to you about how you want it to look, and make that make that a reality. So um, we can do anything from camouflages to crazy theme builds to to flags to camos like uh, Cryptek and uh, Multicam and all that good stuff. So anything you can think up, we can make happen. So also you can use coupon code LSLF10, get you 10% off everything on the website, shyworks.com, anything from lasered mags, Glock backplates, mag bases, shirts, hats, patches, all sorts of good stuff. Coupon code LSLF10 at shyworks.com. So, Absolutely. yes, sir. We are also brought to you by Ballistic Imagery, brand building photography. Check them out on Facebook and ballisticimagery.com. Ballistic Imagery, make an impact. Okay, right off the bat here, we got a chat from, from Cliff. I don't know if you guys remember last time, but he got kicked out from Facebook last time for harassing me. Cliff says, hey guys, let's start out with my Facebook apologies. Sam, you do not have a, a, a whore mouth, but it is pretty. Box, you aren't a bad guy, but still suck. And Smith & Wesson isn't junk, <laughs> but not good. <laughs> oh, oh good that's stuff. good stuff. Wow, this chat is good actually stuff. working, and it's going a little quick for me to catch. All right, so we yeah. have some people actually flowing in here. That's just beautiful. Let me know if anything's not working correctly, guys, or if something's a little bit off. I changed a bunch of shit. Shocker, I know. I kind of had to. And I did a whole bunch of other stuff along the way. So let me know if audio is off or anything else is off. I might not see some chats if you're on YouTube or a Twitch. That's a little finicky yet. But if you're on either of those, give it a shot. Should come up on screen for us. Uh, yeah, good old Life Short Live Free podcast. Getting people banned from Facebook. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, and then uh, how do you get 15% off? Oh man, did you hear about that whole whole ordeal I, I had this yeah. morning, Box? Yeah, I typical. couldn't believe that. I could, so so you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, somebody texted us this morning. You can text our our, our company number. It says, "Hey, you got a coupon code or something for? Uh, I want to buy some magazines." I said, "Sure." You just go on our website. You can sign up for the for the uh, news newsletter right there, and then we'll give you a ten percent off. He comes back and he goes, I was thinking more like 15%. And I'm like, the balls on this guy, like I give you, I give you a discount, man. And, and then you, then you bitch at me that it's not good enough. Uh, no, not, not, not going to happen, buddy. I not wonder if maybe happen. he was just fucking with you or if, or if he was just having fun or something. I kind of doubt it, but it's a possibility. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't got a problem giving discounts to people, but it's generally not first time customers. It's my customers that are loyal and, you know, that have been around a while. <laughs> Nick but, says, should have told him a good set of knee pads to use. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, it was very tempting to be an asshole towards him, but I refrained and, and took them the semi-professional route. <laughs> so, um, what do you drink? Could we, Go could ahead. I say anything about what you had posted in the family group earlier, Sam? I was going to say something about Shyworks and who had been recommending you earlier. Uh, or can we, can we not do that? I guess it's not a big, uh, yeah, I, I suppose that's fine. I, apparently, Shyworks, apparently Shyworks here is getting recommended by SpaceX of all fucking companies. I don't know how they get a hold of this clown. I mean, look at him. Clearly, they now, didn't vet you or anything. Well, either that or my online presence is 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 pretty damn good looking. I guess that's that's my take on it. But yeah, I got a phone call yesterday. Uh, engineering company. They said SpaceX had recommended me, and uh, they needed me to to Cerakote some shit. So um, I I doubt I don't think that's probably actually going to happen. Um, but still, it was just pretty freaking awesome. A company like that, you know, um, contacting some someone like me sitting in their garage drinking Kahlua and milk out of a freaking coffee mug. That's not bad. They're probably watching right now like, oh, this was a mistake. <laughs> this, <laughs> this was a bad idea. Milk was a bad choice. Okay, well, um, should we get into the show? Um, well, we should, but what are you drinking tonight? Uh, the usual, are you but water with... again? No, I got, I got whiskey okay. here, uh, but it's not just regular old seven and seven. I threw some of that, that Revel Stoke peach in there as well. It's pretty good. No, it's actually not seven and seven. What the fuck am I talking about? I'm drinking that honey, honey, Jack Daniels and that Revel Stoke. Peach. Yeah, yeah, you're also uh, you're you're so used to the seven and seven because that's all you freaking drink. Yeah, <laughs> Cliff is really gonna suck up now. It's all due to that pretty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! I like uh, you better when you're an asshole, Cliff. <laughs> uh, okay. Good stuff. Well, let's get into the show. We're going to, usually we start off with news, but I think we're going to do things a little bit differently here tonight. We're going to talk about the gear first. How about we talk about the Springfield Prodigy first, Sam? All right. Are you yeah, prepared I'm, to talk about the Springfield Prodigy? <laughs> uh, semi-prepared, yes. Actually, I'm, I was super excited when I saw, well, I, I should clarify. I wasn't super excited when I saw this. I mean, it's sexy, but generally guns like this go for a much higher, have a much higher price tag. I was super excited when I saw the price tag on this. So MSRP on this is like 1500 bucks. Um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, this is Springfield's 1911 uh, DS Prodigy. So base, it's a double stack, a 1911 or a 2011, 2011 essentially, but um, the reason they're not calling it that is because staccato kind of coined that term. So, um, but it is, it's essentially, it looks very similar to, to one of their, their guns. It doesn't have as much fanciness on it. 
but is a it's a double stack 1911 as i said um i believe where is the i believe it is 17 rounds nine millimeter it's just a freaking sexy a weapon rail on it, it optics ready it is a freaking good looking gun it's kind of box what are your thoughts on this like i i almost wish it was a little bit a little bit showier but i understand where they're going with it what's your what's your feelings on the looks of it the looks of it yeah mm. I don't, I don't know. It it looks like a it looks like a gun. <laughs> well, I mean, I come on, you can do you can do better than that. Like, aren't it just, you like it, it's it's got that signature Springfield look. It just it does. It, if I would have saw it and I had no branding on it or anything, I'd be like, that's probably Springfield. That would have been. There's a, not yeah, nothing really see. that stands out about it. It's pretty just. Bleh. Yeah, it's not like it's not like the sexiest um 1911 that you've ever seen, but it just looks it looks good. I I think it looks damn good. It's very simple. The slide almost looks like a Taurus to be honest with you. Uh Taurus uh 1911s uses a very very similar um but it comes with a 17 round mag, a 20 round mag and then you can also get a 26 round mag. Um it has got a, where is that? It's got like a, a flush. Um, where is it? What was I looking for exactly? It's got what a flush fit. About? Flush fit slide lock. That's kind of, kind of nifty. Um, ambi thumb safeties, accessory rail. Like I said, comes with a black Cerakote finish. And yeah, it's nothing like, it's nothing like super groundbreaking or anything. I'm just, I just think it's a damn sexy looking gun and it's got that 2011, that 2011 vibe to it with that grip and everything. I, I kind of love it quite honestly. I think I'm probably going to, I think I'm probably going to buy one. I think, I think I probably will. I think you're, I think you're dumb. You're going to regret it. Why? Because why not? If you're going to buy a 2011, why, why not? Buy a nice one. Buy because, one that's gonna run like a fucking rape tape. Because the nice ones, aka staccatos, are three to five thousand dollars. I'm never gonna buy one of those. I'm so, way too cheap for that shit. Why well, pay thirteen hundred dollars for a mediocre gun though? But from the think the things I've been seeing about this, generally most of the reviews have been extremely, extremely happy. Really? I was looking through the reviews right before the episode, and I saw nothing but issues. <laughs> I, I've seen I, some, I, a I few issues on this. I YouTubed uh, Springfield Prodigy versus Staccato, and there was nothing like there was every every single video was fixing my Prodigy. What's the problem with my Prodigy? Feeding issues with my Prodigy. <laughs> There's nothing but well, complaints, see, even is, in the comments. The key, is, the key is, Box, you wait for a few months until all those freaking issues Maybe. get figured out. I mean, remember when the G44 came out? That was like the biggest disaster of a, of a release ever on a gun. And and it, they gave it a few months, and pretty soon the thing was they were coming out running like tops. So I'd assume that's going to be the same issue, you know, the same sort of thing with this. Um, I would probably going to wait a few months, see if those issues get worked out and then, and then jump on one. Um, they do come in a couple versions. You got your, 
uh, four and a quarter length, as well as your 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 longer barrel. That one particular one is just the standard 1911 uh, uh, size. So, um, still box. I I want a staccato. Or 2011, but I'm way too fucking cheap to buy one, so I think I will settle for. And plus, look at Springfield's uh, record on 1911s previously. I mean, Springfield makes a damn good 1911. That's one of the one of the better 1911s in that particular price range. So I have no doubt that this will they will get any issues fixed up that they that they have. It's possible. I just saw a lot of complaints from my side anyway, but like you were saying, it's all, you also didn't see any from your side. So I don't know, maybe it's a perspective but myself. I would spend the extra money on something that's really nice. One concern and one thought I had earlier about this as well was double stack 1911s or, or 2011s for a very long time. They were very, very unreliable guns they weren't used for really anything other than competition shooting because they were so unreliable and sometimes not even that right and it took them many many years for companies like staccato and these other companies their atlas gunworks companies like that to perfect this and get those run guns running as well as they as they have but now springfield springfield has jumped in with their very first one at a Mm -hmm. very low price point for for this style of gun so i don't know if it's if they're gonna get it figured out on their first try or not because i mean yes it's just a 1911 but that's not not entirely true i mean there are just inherent issues with that platform that you need to figure out i think yeah you're you're probably right but like i said springfield um has a, a fairly solid track record on um you know on that that sort of thing. And if, I mean, I generally hate Springfield as far as their, when it comes to their XD line, I think they're, they're hot garbage. Um, not for the fact of, you know, they don't work well. It's just, I don't like the construction of them. I don't like the looks, um, all that shit. I, I hate them. But as far as, like I said, their 1911 line, they got a solid record on that. So I'm, I'm not going to discount them, um, for the few problems that they're having on initial release, like on a lot of big, big releases like this, there's always problems. So I'm, I'm not too terrible worried about that, but that is more and more common these days. People are rushing to get, get their new releases out without fixing all the, the issues beforehand. I mean, Sig does it. Glock's done it. Smith and Wesson. They're just perfect from the get go cliff. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) But yeah, that is, that is, that is more and more common. Yeah. See, Josh has agreed the 1911s are the tits though. Yeah. Yep. I would agree. So I, I, uh, I give it a buy rating in a few Mm. months. Or pretty much the, just the fact that it's a, a cheap 2011. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I was I'm looking in, or I was looking in earlier. Sorry, what, what were you going to say? I'm going to kind of change topics a little bit. I was just saying a a, a cheap one, but from a reputable company. Mm. I was looking in 
to it earlier because I remember hearing years ago that 1911s and 2011s or or a double stack 1911 and a 2011 are not exactly the same thing or they at least didn't start off as the same thing they had double stack 1911s like I think the first one was made in like 89 or something like that but Mm -hmm. then uh, this different kind of style came out the double stack 1911s were a single solid steel or steel frame or aluminum metal frame, whatever material it was. But the 2011s, they're kind of the grip module and the lower frame themselves are separate. And that's kind of where they separate themselves. I think I'm not sure. This is just the little bit I saw on it and I don't know dick shit about 1911s. So, no, you're right. The grip and the the grip and the or at least on typical 1911s and it looks to be the same with this or excuse me, typical 2011s and it looks to be the same with this one. The grip area and the the rest of the lower frame do separate. Um but you're right. The like and the thing with it, the thing with 1911s is there's a proven like this is a 1911. Most of the parts, a lot of the parts are like, you know, kind of semi-interchangeable at least, you know. Um, from different different makers to other, you know, they're not so much interchangeable, but they're at least there's that same design. Whereas, uh, you know, the early double stack 1911s, you know, everybody I know, Para Ordnance made some a while back, and they were just kind of like hot garbage. Um, I think they were the, actually the very first, is what I was reading. Right, but there was no. It. I I mean, there's no like there was no proven or actual design you know they just kind of okay well we're going to design it like this and over the years this 2011 style has proven to be fairly you know fairly reliable so i don't know i'm excited for it i guess so we'll see fair enough well i guess you're going to pretty much cover the entire entirety of the gear section tonight sam (laughs) are you prepared for that bring it on bring it on I guess it's up to you since you're doing them all. Which which one do you want to talk about next? Um, well, might as well get the Ruger P the Ruger LC carbine out of the way. That's not super. It's not super exciting, and I'm sure on that one you'll be like, "That's dumb too." <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty much yeah, pretty much all of them. So, um, so yeah, this is the the Ruger LC carbine, and and what it is, it's a you know. Kind of reminiscent of the the, the Caltech sub two thousand ish kind of looking gun a little bit, um, but what they did is they took the five point seven by twenty eight and they took their pistol Ruger's pistol that they came out with what was like last year or two years ago their five seven pistol, and um, basically the grip is very similar and it uses the exact same mags. So it's similar to the Caltech in such a way that it uses Glock mags, you know, nine millimeter interchangeable. This Ruger is using their Ruger five, seven mags in their carbine, which is, which is kind of neat. Um, so what this is, it's a 16 inch barrel. I think it's actually 16 and a quarter if I remember correctly. Yeah. 16 and a quarter. And it's got a folding stock on it. It is a stock because of course it is a rifle. And like I said, it's shooting those five, seven rounds. Um, it's got a foldable stock on it as well. 
So that's why I said it's kind of reminiscent of this, the Caltech as well, but it only, you know, just the stock folds up. So it doesn't get quite as small as the, as the Caltech sub 2000s. Um, but I mean, it's, it's mostly ambidextrous. You can choose, uh, remove the, put the charging handle on the other side. Um, it's got mostly ambidextrous controls. The only thing I wasn't sure if is ambidextrous was the, the bolt release. And I could be mistaken that maybe as well ambidextrous or at least removable from one side or the other. I don't, I don't remember. Um, but overall, I mean, uh, suggested retail on it is nine seventy nine. So you're probably going to be getting into these around the $900 ball, um, ballpark somewhere like there. Um, so if you were, say, if you were using, uh, the Ruger five, seven as a carry piece, I'm sure there are some people that are doing that or a truck gun or, you know, a bug out bag gun or some shit like that. Um, you buy this and you got your pistol and you got your, your carbine that are both running the same mags and they're getting, uh, I think it's 20 round magazines or 25 rounds. I can't, I don't recall which I'll have to, I'll have to check on that. Um, but it'd just be kind of a, a nice, a nice, uh, nice additional piece to your, to your pistol. If you're, if you were so inclined, with a, a semi it's a speedy little round um so i know box hates the round i'm not i'm not a massive fan of it but i think it's i think it's doable i think it's capable um the other th- cool thing about this is um you can throw like a suppressor on it it does have a threaded barrel so a lot of the videos uh, reviews that i was watching they actually had suppressors on them too so that's kind of neat as well but yeah overall i mean nothing super super uh astounding or anything but just another another carbine option for you if you're into the five seven round i'm kind of curious about how it runs with the with that length of barrel i know they've been doing it for years and years but i guess i've never looked into how it performs in in a 16 inch barrel that's got to be close to too long for it doesn't it No, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so because, like you said, they've been doing it for a long time, and a lot of companies are actually, especially in the last few years, putting out um, 5.7 rifles. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're probably getting um, a lot better speed out of it, actually, or a decent, I don't know if a lot better, but you're definitely yeah. going to get better speed out of it than out of a pistol. Maybe a couple and, hundred more feet per second, but yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah, they're probably they're probably pushing it though. It's getting right. It couldn't be much longer than that before you're going to start slowing it down again. I think. Um, the other the other cool thing about this is, and and one of the reasons why guys use the five seven is, um, you're not getting barely any recoil on this, so you can you can keep putting rounds on target, and you're not bouncing all over the place. That was one of the biggest things about. Um, this particular round and the the FN 2000s um, people buy those. And obviously, you know, you can only get the semi version where you're like, well, what the hell is the point of it? Because the five, seven that was designed to be like a swarm with a fully auto. Um, and that was the allure of that, that particular gun and that particular round. But when you think about it, stop to think about it, something like this, you can shoot extremely fast still on target 
you know, and it's not obviously fully auto. So you're not getting all the, all the benefits of that round of what exactly it was designed for. Um, but recoil is certainly, um, almost non-existent it seems like so definitely on target with a large amount of rounds so that's something other something else to think about as well i didn't realize the p90 was 16 inches i was thinking it was shorter than that maybe that's just because it's or it's just not all sticking out in front of it huh i wouldn't have guessed that i guess plus i didn't think that was the main model of that either Oh yeah, the what did I say? The the FN two thousand or something like that. Yeah, that's not it. The P ninety, <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually, yeah, I had one in the shop the other day that was a sixteen inch version. It was getting SBR'd, so I had to engrave it. And they're fuggly. I think they're fucking I mean, they're, goofy. They're they're fugly anyways, but it's extra fugly when you got that sixteen inch barrel hanging off the front. It's like real goofy looking that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other thoughts? Um, no, I mean, it's a. Did you say Ruger what the makes... price was? To be honest, I kind of blacked M- out for like the first little bit of your introduction there. So. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> MSRP is uh, about 980. So you're probably going to be seeing it around 850 to 900. That's not that bad. Depending on That's the retailer. Cheap, actually. No. Um, also, adjustable stock and 20 round magazine. If you bite your tongue, I'll I'll have Zuck come get you again, bud. (laughs) Uh, I guess guess you can move on to your next topic. (laughs) Didn't we? I thought this has been released. I could have swear. This is one of those topics that just keeps popping up where you're always like, we should talk about this. We should talk about this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if. Have we talked about it before? I didn't find it in any of our in any of our titles or anything like that. So I don't know if we've covered no. it or not. We 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 talked about the jackal fairly extensively on this podcast, but it would never every time we talked about it, it wasn't out. And I believe it came out actually a couple several months ago. Um, and we had actually never said that it came out. So I just wanted to do a quick quick PSA. <laughs> See what it did there? Uh that PSA finally does have their jackal out. Um right now the only thing they got out is the uh the 556 pistol version of it. I believe they are doing the the 300 blackout version as well sometime down the road. Who the hell knows? Um but they're selling they're selling full guns right now um and they are in stock as of right now on on Palmetto State Armory the full guns are running uh 1099 and then you can also buy either just the lowers or just the uppers just the uppers are running at 650 um lowers are running at 350 but if you don't know what this is it is um basically Palmetto State's version of the um brn 180 i mean it's a completely different setup but this is a a long stroke pistol uh pistol system they're kind of combined like it's almost a you know ak-ish combined with a with an ar um so they got the whole buffer system and everything retained in the upper so you don't have to have a buffer tube on this so you can you can 
your your stock, you can actually fold it and you can actually shoot it while it is folded. Obviously, if you guys are familiar with a in the AR platform, you cannot do that on a typical AR-15 platform, direct impingement anyways. Um, so this is kind of just another cool, cool option out there. Um, I was, it, it, it's not ergonomically, it's not the best looking um, gun that I've ever seen. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it, it serves a purpose. Um, like I said, you can get one for 1099. That's the entire gun. It is a, a braced, uh, pistol. Um, and then the thing that I was slightly disappointed with, it is, they are selling the uppers that just go on mil spec lowers, but you can't just take it and put it on any old mil spec lower. There are some slight differences. The, the number one difference is the, the bolt catch on a normal AR lower will not work. You have to actually swap it out. So all the lowers, they actually sell with a different bolt catch on there. And then the other thing, and I'm not completely positive about how this exactly works, but they say that you have to have Palmetto State's, um, uh, what are they... What are they saying with that? There's like a there's a Picatinny rail on the back that the the that the brace attaches to that screws into the buffer tube area of the lower, and they're saying that you have to have that as well. I don't know if if it's a a necessity, um, but they are saying you have to have that. So it's kind of a disappointment that you can't just buy it and throw it on any old lower and make it work that's a possibility. Maybe you can, I don't know. And they're just covering their ass and they want you to buy extra shit. Um, but I was kind of slightly disappointed in that time. will tell, I guess if, um, you actually can do that, but, um, just another, another option. I've, I've been saying this for years. I love these types of options. I think, I think the AR platform is headed that way. Um, getting rid of the actual buffer tube and just using, um, these, you know, you can folded stocks on them so much handier, but, I was glad to see that this, like I said, this has been a couple months ago. It finally came out, but Fox, what's your whole opinion on the, on the Jackal? I can't say I really have any, what were you saying about it, it looking not very ergonomic? It's what I, I didn't understand. I don't like that. the looks of it. I don't like the looks of it. It's a big mm. bulky upper and I don't think it's that, that attractive. Um, the upper is, it just looks massive compared to the lower on in my opinion i mean it's not horrible it does it does you know it looks okay it's just not it's just not a firearm that i look at and i get like aroused by or anything you know just my yeah. just my two cents on it you're all about looks apparently um i don't uh, know yeah plays a big role in my in in my uh guns that i want yeah clearly yeah i don't know how i feel about the uh Bufferless style. I need to. I honestly haven't shot one yet, so I can't really have an opinion on it. But yeah, I'm more about finding out how they run rather than. It's got an ugly upper. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I yeah, don't have. Well, if it runs, yeah. sure, it's got its place, but. Right, and this is. Um... We like I said, we've been covering this for a while, and this was actually came out two two years ago at Shot Show. I was, was trying to find I was trying at least to find two those years videos. ago. Um, 
and they said it was coming out that summer and then COVID hit and all that bullshit. And, and, and it never, it never did until just a couple months ago. Um, so I thought it would be a, the other thing is this is like, you know, it's a cheaper version of right now. Like I would say the leader of the pack for AR style guns, um, that have a folding stock on them would be like the sig mcx is it mpx or mcx i don't remember which one of those it is that is kind of like the leader you know it's an excellent weapons platform but it's also a couple thousand dollars to get your hands on one of those i and then you got the brn 180 but just for the upper on that and you have to have a lower you know that it will accept it um you know you're looking at nine hundred dollars just for the upper on something like that so this is kind of the little bit lower end platform get you into something like this get you you know at least you have have something like this now so i think it's a good thing overall for the for the industry and i i i hope that everybody keeps moving towards that that goal of or not the goal but keeps moving towards that um bufferless ar systems i think it's where the future of this weapons platform is at honestly bufferless why because because it's, it's, it collapses down it's like buffers are such a pain in the ass like you can you know it's nice to have a have one that folds up you can whip it out of your car or your truck and it's you can have it tight and everything where you have that extended stock on the damn thing it's a little bit harder to work around shit and stuff I just, I just think they're, they're a lot more, they're just a better, better overall system for, you know, a lot of the stuff that guys want to use them for. That's just my two cents on it. My personal opinion. Interesting. Interesting thoughts. <laughs> um, well, that's, I've been saying that for a long time, man. That's just, that's my thoughts on it. I, cause that's the one, that is the one benefit. Well, not the one benefit, but one of the biggest benefits that the AK platform has on the AR platform is you can fold the stock and you can shoot it folded. Whereas, you know, an actual AR platform, you cannot do that. And that's one of the biggest drawbacks of the AR platform, I think. Yeah, but ARs are also some of the smoothest running fucking rifles out there. And it's because of that system. <laughs> well, go shoot a and you're SIG taking MPX away that system. Go shoot an, a SIG MPX or something like that. That's a damn nice shooting system too. But like I said, this is just my personal opinion. There are probably other people that are gonna, you know, share the complete opposite viewpoint than I do. But you know, well, they all have their is. they all have their place. Is I I don't think there's one right or wrong, which is like I don't know. Maybe I misunderstood what you were saying, but you're saying we. Need to start going towards the buffer list. I, I don't. I don't. I disagree with that. They each have their place. Yeah. Well, maybe, but if you can combine the best of both worlds, with as like the Sig MPX is, that is a damn nice shooting gun, and it has it has a little bit of the best of both worlds on it. So if if and you if you get it in a weapons platform that runs smooth, is reliable, and then you get the best of both worlds on it, why not? You know. G Josh says, yeah, but are you going to hit basically anything with a folded AK? <laughs> Not really. If you shoot it just right, you got to get it up there like this and yeah. do the whole freaking AK screeching. 
<laughs> uh, I don't know. The That's just Slav squat. Yeah. Shaheen says it's a bit boxy. See, he knows what I'm talking about. Um, bro, uh, Josh, did I say the price on that? The, the actual gun is ten ninety nine. You can get the uppers uh, for six fifty. So that kind of gives you an idea of what it is. Okay. Well, where did my um? Are we done? <laughs> Uh, I, I guess you don't have anything else to say about that one. Uh, not really. I mean, we could probably argue a little bit more if you. <laughs> we're we're good at that. I think you should have taken a shot before this before this podcast box. You're definitely taking a shot before the next podcast tomorrow night. Why? Because you're just kind of really. Bleh. Well, I just don't Buck care up, about Buttercup. I'm sorry. I just don't give a fuck about these guns. I'm sorry. <laughs> I put all my effort into this podcast onto the, the news segment, not these these guns. This was your deal. Okay. All right. Fine. Let's move it along, then. Move it or lose it, sister. And I started drinking earlier, too, so to loosen up for the podcast. So I'm almost gone. God damn it. Okay. News. I don't hear what do you say? <laughs> I said, I hope the music is playing because we're both just staring at each other. Yeah, yeah, I was playing. There was also something on the screen. Calm down. I know what I'm doing, Sam. I'm a professional. I would never screw anything with this broadcast up ever. Okay. So, um, do you want to start off the news? <laughs> I think you better. I think you better, Box. Well, Come on, show us some enthusiasm. The, Let's go. I don't have anything to to say about. I don't know shit about the the partial injunction. Oh yeah, that's that's nothing super exciting. Um, but I just I felt like it was newsworthy. Um, so obviously there are a lot of cases going on. Um, with the ATF being sued over this new frame and receiver rule. Uh, we did. There are some that you know did not go our way. But there are a few, um, or at least one right now. Uh, I believe this is filed down in Texas. Uh, I think maybe it was for tactical machining or something like that. Um, they're the defendants in it. As far as with um, um, who's the who's the gun rights group that's helping them? Uh, I Firearms Policy Coalition. Um, so what is going on there? They were suing the ATF over this new rule and actually an injunction was granted, which is it's rare that an injunction is granted, but this is only a partial injunction, which means that um, this only pertains to the defendant and, or excuse me, to the plant plaintiff in this particular case. So this isn't nationwide or anything yet, but this is, this is a very good sign because it means that the judge thinks that they have reason um, reasonable cause to be bringing their their case and that they also have a very good chance that they're going to succeed. So this is a very good thing. Um, and hopefully uh, the judge also wrote like a scathing uh, 
review of what the ATF has been doing. He said this is this is completely unconstitutional. So there's good reason to think that this case may possibly go our way. And hopefully uh, an, a nationwide injunction would be will be thrown at the ATF over this. Keep your fingers crossed. Be giving your money to uh, Firearms Policy Coalition and the other the other people that are um, that are in the trenches litigating this stuff. So um, just a quick update on that. So hopefully we hear some more good news on that before too terrible long. When I was looking into this, something came across my mind. And I don't want this to go into a big discussion or anything. We got only a limited amount of time, but I was thinking we see bills like this one rammed through, rammed through into law within a matter of weeks or months. In this case, what was it? A few weeks just pushed through and then there ends up being tons of cases fighting it and then ultimately it'll get pushed up to the Supreme Court kind of like the Bruin decision and then ultimately get knocked down after probably in some in a lot of cases irreparable harm and damage has been done mm-hmm. so I'm shouldn't like we be vetting these bills the legality of these bills before we sign them into law Instead of well, wasting this is, all this time and resources and shit at like fighting this stuff only to realize, oh yeah, we were wrong 25 years ago when we signed that in. Well, first off, I would agree with your, your statement. And I think, I think a lot of people that know that pass these bills know that they're ultimately unconstitutional, but they don't give a shit because they know that it's going to hurt the firearms industry. So, and the second amendment, so they go ahead and do it anyway. But this particular one that we're talking about box member, that's not the bill. This is the ATF frame and receiver rule that I was, that I was talking about. And that was just, that's no bill or anything. That's just the ATF pulling their unconstitutional bullshit. But in that, in in that same line of thinking, I would agree with you. I think ultimately the ATF doesn't give a fuck whether it's actually constitutional or not. They're just going to push it because they know that their lawyers can hold people off and litigate this fucking nonsense into oblivion for years before an actual injunction is get put, does get put into place. If you look at New York City's, well, the Bruin decision that you mentioned just a little bit, a little bit ago, that fucking bullshit had been in place. The law that that um, that decision was about that bullshit had been in place for over 100 fucking years. And New Yorkers had been had been under that absolute unconstitutional nonsense for that fucking long, because this shit takes that, that ridiculously long. So I think ultimately, as far as when you're talking about bills being passed and such, yes, they absolutely fucking should have a, um, a litmus test. Hey, is this, is this even close to constitutional? Well, fuck no. Well, okay. But who is the who is the ultimate decider on bullshit on on stuff like that? Ultimately, the people need to be, and the people if the people keep s- sitting down and taking this absolute bullshit like we do constantly, this shit's going to keep happening. I think with next, I think, I think it's the only way to stop this stuff from happening is going to be. I hate to say it, I hate to say it, but going in the streets and you know standing up for our rights, but. Whether that ever happens or not, I don't know. 
it's bound to happen sometime. Whether it happens soon, we don't know. Right, right. Anyways, sorry. Sam rant over for now. Okay. Until I get wow, riled up again in the next segment. He's even got to caress his sternum after that one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for yourself. the next round. Let's go. Don't hurt yourself. Okay. Well, um, I guess we'll move on to my first topic of night. <laughs> 45 minutes into the show. Jeez. So it was a while back. There was some couriers, not a while, but maybe a month or two, a couple months, some carriers, like I don't know who it was. A smaller one was the first one to do it, to come out and say that they were going to stop shipping, I think, uh, 80% receivers and shit like that. What just made a noise? That Was that you? Oh, that was your... I wasn't watching. <laughs> okay. Thought one of my programs was quitting on me. But yeah, anyways, there was some... There, there's pushing from the from politicians to get the carriers like UPS and FedEx to do their part in uh taking care of this epidemic of of gun violence and uh 80% receivers and shit like that and mm-hmm. most recently UPS they are now requiring online sellers to be able to, I, maybe you can explain explain how their program actually works a little bit better, Sam, because I'm not so sure on that. But to to qualify or to use their second day air service that apparently a lot of firearm dealers do, you have to ship 350 handguns a week to use that service. Otherwise, you have to you you have to pay for their next day next day air service. And from what I saw, I just read the 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 article on Ammo Land said handguns. I don't know why that doesn't translate to anything else, or if that's if that's true, if it is just handguns. But I've thought that was interesting. To say the least, um, I can just about guarantee FedEx is probably going to follow suit with that. But I was wondering, I had a couple questions. One was, why just handguns? And two, if fewer guns is the, is the reason, or is the, is the ultimate goal and the answer, why would you let the largest suppliers of firearms slide on this? 350 guns a week, that's like 18,000 guns a year. Yeah, it's absurd. Um, because they don't want to, they want to take a stance on it, but they want to keep money in their pocket. I guarantee that's, I guarantee that's what it is. Um, and first off, let's, let's, the reason this happened is because senators, a group of senators were pressuring all these um, the ship shipping companies and and sticking their grubby little dicks where they didn't belong, um, and they they're under the premise for some reason that they think shippers are a big are are, are contributing to gun violence, which is absolutely one hundred percent not true and fucking absurd. 
Um, I've shipped hundreds of guns over my my business time, and I have le- yet to lose one single fucking gun. I'm not contributing to any of that. Um, but as far as um, whether it's just handguns or rifles, they're they're different. There are different rules for shipping um, shit as far as handguns and pistols are handguns and rifles, shotguns. Um, you can, a person can use USPS to ship uh, a rifle or a shotgun, but they cannot use USPS to ship pistols. Only licensed dealers, FFLs can use USPS. Um, and then for some, for some reason, everybody treats rifles and pistols completely different. Like, like, there's something, I don't know. It's 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 ridiculous. But as far as as far as having to ship 350 guns a year or a week or whatever, like I haven't heard anything about that, and I still use UPS to ship um all the all of my guns. Essentially, I use USPS occasionally. In fact, I just shipped a couple, uh, several this week uh, with USPS. So I don't know why. Um, I, I honestly don't know why they're doing that. Maybe they're also doing that because they were trying to combat uh, the ghost gun epidemic. But uh, they know that smaller companies are probably not, and smaller companies are mostly the ones other than P80 that are shipping that type of shit. So maybe they're trying to, I have, honestly have no idea. Um, I on, Also, I don't think that they probably have a legitimate reason themselves I think that they don't understand the whole fucking situation. They don't know the gun laws. They don't know how shipping works. They don't know how the FFL system works. They don't understand anything. So they're just like, hey, let's let's put these these uh these orders in place and we're gonna do it this way just because Bob, who has never fucking shot a gun in his life, nor does he understand any of the laws, said that's the way that we should do it. So I don't know. It's a it's a whole fucking clusterfuck. Um it's pretty ridiculous if you ask me. But well, up to this up to this point, it hasn't changed anything in my in my circles. Well, this is uh this article is from five days ago, so this is pretty new, and I don't know if it's actually I have the the letters in this Amaland article here, but I'm not going to read that all to you. But you're saying you don't know why they were doing it. Um, I'm going to say money. I was looking looking into it. UPS gets a quarter, over a quarter of a billion dollars in government subsidies a year. I'm going to go ahead and guess that that's playing a little bit of a part in this decision. Yeah, but I bet... Hey, stop doing this or we're going to stop subsidizing you. Yeah. But do you think they're going to shut it off completely? Because like the 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 amount of money that they may must gain from sh- uh, firearms retailers has got to be absurd. I mean, it's got to be freaking insane. I don't know if they will. I, I think that's why they're keeping. I think that's why they're keeping. They may shut it down completely for completely for the small guys, but they're going to keep on running the giant contracts. The guys that are shipping twenty thousand guns a year. Yeah, and that's because there's good money in it, and they don't really believe what they're what they uh, say they do. Yeah, I don't know. 
This is a privatization of tyranny. Wow. Oh, I, I didn't make that phrase up. I heard it somewhere, so I can't take credit for it. You have it written down it, in your just, notes somewhere? Use this do, phrase actually. at some point. <laughs> I do, actually. I got, a, I got a whole list of notes from the, the credit card thing. Oh, wow. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's all it's all bullshit. Um, but someone pointed out, well, fuck them. There's, you know, is, there's always going to be another shipment company that's going to stand up and, 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 you know, will take people's money. As long as it's legal to ship firearms, there's going to be someone that'll do it. I wonder where speedy delivery stands on all this kind of shit. I don't know. Are they small time? Are they national? I think. Are they just like I, a Midwest thing? I don't know. I've actually some got dealers. some. I, I get I get some deliveries very rarely from them, but I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe they'll step up and be like, hey, we'll be your heroes. Damn right. You hear that, Speedy? This is your opportunity. Seize the carp, Speedy. <laughs> but even if, let's say, even if UPS and FedEx do shut it down, well, USPS, they'll still ship whatever the fuck I want. You know, to other FFLs, at the very least. I'm just not supposed to ship handguns back to customers with USPS. So, I don't know. We'll We'll, we'll see. Josh, what do you mean it'll be stupid expensive if only a few will do it? He means if there's if UPS and FedEx shut theirs down shipping firearms, that the ones that do do it are going to be stupid expensive. Or it wouldn't be that bad because there'd be so much so much business for them. Yeah. That demand would be through the roof. So uh the prices would be I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Hopefully we don't find out. Oh, we probably will before long. Ugh. Okay, well, anything else to say on that? Negatory, Ghost Rider. No more, like, clever phrases that you want to close out with? No, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that phrase, though, in the next segment as well. So, just be <laughs> forewarned. Okay. Well, in our uh, top topic of the night, final topic of the night, and I'm sure a lot of you listening... I've already heard about this, that there's been these credit card companies have now accepted this new standard, this new merchant category code, I, I guess it's called. So when you go to a store and you buy and you you pay for something with your credit card, credit card, so you go to the grocery store, that grocery store has a merchant category code where it shows up in the in your bank statement or whatever where they can categorize it say this was a grocery store of course each it's not all itemized or anything like that and up to this point gun stores have always been just like I think they were category categorized as something like general retail or sporting goods or something like that but there was nothing in mm -hmm. there that said a gun store mm -hmm. but now this standards organization created this new code where gun stores have their own merchant category code now. So if you go to the gun store, you buy something with your credit card, doesn't matter what it is, if you make a purchase at that gun store, this credit card company 
knows that you just made a purchase at this at this gun store. Like I said, it's not itemized or anything like that. But to me, this seems a lot like um, I have a whole pile of notes here, and I can't read through all of them to remember what I was going to go for. But this seems like backdoor registration to me. I mean, we already know that the ATF has already got a fucking registration, but this just seems like a way, a way to bolster it. Because I don't, I don't see a way that this can be effectively implemented to prevent anything that they say that it's made to prevent. There was up to this point, I think there's been twenty mail, twenty million NICS checks in the country so far this year. That's just background checks. So how many more sales are being made at these gun stores that don't involve a NICS check? There's going to be hundreds and hundreds of millions of transactions for these companies to sift through. And then flag, flag them. Be like, ooh, this one looks suspicious. Who's doing that? Who's got the manpower to do that? And of course, it's going to be some kind of bullshit algorithm, and we know how well those fucking work. Sam, you better have something to say here. I'm blanking now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's junk. It's junk data. It's there's people are so excited about this. You know, the gun controllers. Oh yeah, we finally because people have been pushing for this bullshit for years, years and years. Um. So it's, but they're so excited about this, but it's, it does absolutely nothing because say someone goes in and, um, with say someone comes in here and they do a shitload. I do a shitload of Cerakote work on four or five of their guns and the price tag is $3,000. They have absolutely no idea what that $3,000 was. They don't know if they bought a bunch of fucking sweatshirts from me or uh, ammo and guns or absolutely anything they have absolutely no fucking clue so they're they're and the reason like they're trying they're pushing for this is because several mass shooters specifically the uvaldi guy and you know a lot of others have just went and bought all this shit um you know a week or two in advance and then end up using using them in a mass shooting well they're thinking well the credit card company should have caught that and declined that declined that purchase well, you dipshits, first off, why why would they ever catch that? What makes that purchase suspicious? You know, it doesn't. There's nothing about any any purchase at a random ass gun store that that is suspicious. Even like say somebody never buys guns and then all of a sudden they have one big ass purchase on it. That doesn't mean that it's anything suspicious. That doesn't mean that it's a mass shooter. All that means is this random Joe Smo got excited about guns and went and, and purchased his first firearms. And there's literally millions and millions of people every single year that do that. And guess how many mass shooters that happens with? Very, 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 very few. So how the fuck they think they're ever going to catch on in any of this is absolutely absurd. But... Ultimately, that's not why they're doing this. They're saying that's the reason. They're using they're using this nonsense to create essentially box as box said a backdoor registration. But it's not catching just the gun owners. It's just catching people. Hell, if you go to Dick's Sporting Goods and buy a fucking sweatshirt, an Iowa Hawkeye sweatshirt, 
you're going to be on their list. It don't mean shit. So say even what's going to happen is the credit card companies, they're going to get flag a few purchases here and there. They're going to send the police there. Police are going to go check it out and be like, this is fucking bullshit. Nothing, nothing. He didn't do anything wrong. And then guess what's going to happen? They're not going to fucking respond to any of them anymore. Um, but ultimately what they're doing is building a massive database um, of, of people that shop at that sort of place that may have guns um, because the 1986 Firearms Owner, Owner Protection Act actually made it illegal for the federal government to keep a federal registry of gun owners. But there is no law that says private companies cannot do the same thing. So that is exactly what they're trying to do. And that's exactly why they've been pushing so hard for this. And then, you know, you may say, well, what good is that going to do them? Well, there's no reason that the government can't go to them, got, go to those very people that have built those lists and say, hey, why don't you turn that over? And if the people are anti-gun, if the company's anti-gun, sure, here you go. Or a situation like in California happened uh, a few months ago when their concealed carry weapons holder list got, got hacked and leaked. And then everybody, like, there's no reason why, oh, shit, we accidentally... That got hacked, you know, now the whole entire list is out there. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad, like, ultimately, like when you think about it, it doesn't seem like a bad situation until, you know, you actually think about all the ramifications of, of what is actually, what could actually occur from this. All right. There's a big old. And also the, the, the really scary thing is if say there's another mass shooting incident something something absolutely horrible um there's no reason why those those credit card companies can't be like well we're not doing gun purchases anymore click turn that thing off in the, in, in in the emotional you know situation or there's a massive federal or there's a massive national um national emergency oh sorry um uh, we're going to turn off gun purchases, you know? So I, I don't know. It's a bad situation all the way around. Josh made a point in there that I want to come, <clears throat> come back to a little bit later, but I'm wondering one thing I was wondering about this, <coughs> excuse me, was like, what's, what's their threshold of, of what sets off the alarm, so to speak, like $500, $1,000, $2,000, those are all very, I mean, people are spending that kind of money all the fucking time at, at gun stores. I don't, well, how many of these mass shooters are spending more than $2,000? Not a whole lot. You can go buy a $500 AR and a thousand rounds of, of, of ammo and not setting off any alarms. So what 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 good are they doing? You can go in and buy a scope. The scopes are going to set off all sorts of alarms. They're, the glass is fucking expensive. You go in and buy one scope, they're going to be like, "Ooh, he spent eight grand. He is suspicious." So what? Right. I, I'm curious how they're going to determine which one is suspicious. And which one is not, or even if they're going to attempt to do it, 
Or if they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, we promise we're doing it. Or if they're just, this is all it is, is using it to uh, build this registry. Uh, that, well, that point, that point. Yes, go ahead. Visa has actually came out and said they're against this. They they have accepted the new the new guidelines from the ISO, but they also put out a statement and said they're against this and and that it should not be used for any of these purposes or anything that we're talking about. But that doesn't mean diddly shit. They're just they saw their stock price price plummet like five percent or something today. So then they put out a statement trying to cover their own ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, ultimately, ultimately, it's going to u- be used for bad. I think everybody knows that. But at the same time, what is this going to do? People are going to go to the fucking ATM and throw money and then go in and buy their gun. Like anyone, anyone with a brain that knows this is going on, guess what they're not going to do anymore? Spend, spend credit card money at the gun store. So what does that create? That creates a cash-rich gun environment now. And you can look at and you can look at, say, like Oregon or Colorado and see how those like pot in the pot industry. Um, that's mainly it's very hard for them guys to get credit card, uh, you know, credit card merchants to so they can use people can use credit cards at their store. So it's mostly a cash industry. So those stores have fuckloads of cash sitting around. Well, what happens? People start breaking into them. There's more crime. Well, the very same thing could very well just start happening with gun stores. But the thing is, they want that to happen. They'd be happy if that happened because then it looks like the gun industry is 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 worse, you know. Um, Gene says we're looking at adding an ATM machine in store. Absolutely. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, a shitload account of gun stores will start doing that. There's no reason not to. It's It's a win-win fucking situation. They're dealing in cash. They don't got to tell Uncle Sam about it. Like, you know, why the hell not? So, yeah, I don't think they're really thinking this thing all the way through. I think it's going to. They're going to try to use it. They're going to try and use it nefariously, but people are just going to get around it. I bet they'll get those ATMs, too. It's not like they just plop those things around anywhere. They know where those things are located. They're going to be like, ooh, this ATM is at a gun store. We're going to have to keep track of that one. Uh, one Maybe, comment. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Josh, something Josh said earlier. Um, he says I think it will re- resurface with the red flag laws. If your credit card can trip a red flag, or they have a reason to look at you, they can pull your credit history and see you bought three th- and bought three thousand dollars from a gun store. They can build a case against you. Right now, we do a NICS check through the FBI, and the ATF only knows about it if you sold two or more at a time. So yeah, the the red flag laws I think are probably going to come into play with this as well. I didn't I didn't think about that aspect of it, Possibly. but yeah, I I that's just about guaranteed going to be going to be used against some people. It's definite possibility. Um, but yeah, this this is the the term I used earlier privatization of tyranny. That was a term, the Washington gun law uh, used on YouTube. I watched uh, his video talking about this and he's absolutely, he's absolutely correct. The government, the government can't get away with this. The government can't get away with tracking our purchases, you know, our spending habits, none of that shit. But when we sign those, sign those agreements to, you know, to credit cards or we click, 
we click agree on an app that we download. You can get away with whatever the fuck you want from private companies. Like as long as you agree to it, it's it's absurd. And that's exactly what they're going to try and start doing is just uh, ultimately. And, and think about it this way. Like there's no reason why they couldn't shut down gun sales. Say like I was talking earlier, there was a bad mass shooting and they get all emotional up. Oh, we're shutting gun sales off. There's no reason why they couldn't start tracking the gas, the amount of gasoline that you buy. You know, you're, you're making all these purchases at a gas station Well, you're using too much, you're emitting too much carbon. We're going to turn your card off. You know, we're not going to let you use that shit. And and granted, that seems absurd right now, but look at how hard they're pushing for electric cars. Like think of 10 years from now, you think that they won't be going down that road? I guarantee you that they will be. And this is just, this is just setting up more of the, more of the bullshit, man. So cash is king. I'm telling you. For now, anyways, until they try and do away with that shit, too. I wrote down, when I was taking my notes, I wrote down my bold prediction, which may or may not be so bold, but my prediction is that this simply cannot and will not stop a single single shooting, and that it's only going to be used to, to bolster their already illegal registry that they have already admitted to having and track and label folks like us as extremists. You're like, oh, he spent this much money at a gun store. He is extremist. He's a crazy asshole. That's I would agree. That's my bold prediction. What's your bold prediction, Sam? I mean, I, I think I, I I would agree with that statement. I don't have a whole lot to add to it, but I would I would say that that's probably that's that's probably correct, and it's only going to get worse. But um, I think I think that the majority of Americans, I would say, it's probably a majority of Americans at this point disagree with their labeling of us as extremists. Um, you guys remember that that speech, that speech Biden did a couple weeks ago where he did it in front of the independence hall and it was lit and red blood red. And it just was reminiscent of a fucking Mussolini or Nazi or Hitler style speech when he, he said, basically claimed that half of the country, the half that didn't support him were extremists and, and, you know, well, guess what? Over half the country, and actually it was something like 70% of Democrats actually agreed that he's doing nothing but dividing the country. It was it was like 70% of Democrats and like 60-some percent of, of everyone in general agreed. So ultimately, I think the, the everyday average American understands this shit. You know, but it's that it's that 30, that 40 percent of very loud, vocal, in, insane lunatics that watch CNN and, and think Joe Biden's a god that that are buying into this shit and that will be used to, you know, I'm sure that they think we're extremists. So fuck them. It's only it's only a matter of time until we got to do extremist shit, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, wow. They're going to use that line against you in court, buddy. 
or in Guantanamo, wherever wherever they they take you. Yeah, they would have to fish through. You know how many hours of fucking podcast audio they're going to have to fish through to get that little tidbit right there? They're going to be like, all right, let's filter out for just the bitching about ATF. Fuck, it's still like 8,000 hours. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Plus, but they will also run into like 47,000 other quotes they could use against me. But, you know, whatever. Guys got to do what you got to do. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck them. You hear that? Fuck you guys. Just leave us alone. It's all we want. Be left alone. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's the show, everyone. Thanks for stopping by. Be sure to listen to our entire catalog of podcasts on most major podcast providers and also on our website. If you enjoy what we want, uh, what we do and you want to help support the show, check out our Subscribestar page for exclusive content and other benefits. If you want to get more involved with the community, join our forum over on lifeshortlivefree.com where you can also watch this stream actually you can go to our website you don't have to go on youtube you don't have to go on facebook you can go straight to our website and watch this live every other wednesday night right on our website and you can comment whatever the fuck you want and facebook cannot shut you down true 100 percent. i mean twitch might shut us down but uh, <laughs> that's all right think, they won't on we, they're not big, big as big assholes as Facebook is. Okay. If you aren't aware, I'm going to repeat myself. Gears and Beers is streamed live every other Wednesday night on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and on our website. We would love for you to come get involved in the conversation. Check out our, con- our outer sponsors, Shyworks at Shyworks.com and Facebook, and also Ballistic Imagery at BallisticImagery.com and Facebook. And that's the show, folks. That's all we have for you. Take it away, Sam. Guys, thank you for commenting. Thank you for everyone that hung out. Nick, Gene, Josh, uh, Revendy, if that's how you pronounce that. Cliff, you guys, we it's always so much appreciated when you guys get in and, and you comment. We always we always really enjoy that. It makes the show a lot more fun for everyone. So uh, Gene says, now that it's winding down, box is loosening up. I know, right? <laughs> he just needs to start drinking earlier in the day, maybe. <laughs> How much to say about the per, the the earlier earlier subjects? Right. God damn it! All right, fair enough. All right, guys, we'll be back in two weeks. Until then, remember life short, live free. God bless. God bless the United States of America. Good night, guys. Yeah. And defund the ATF and fuck you. Repeal the <laughs> repeal the NFA. Become ungovernable.